Do you love watching sports highlights? Five Star, the world's first sports highlight rating app is here. Athletes and fans can share, view, and rate the best sports highlights between one and five stars. The app is comment-free and has athletes of all skill levels, even pros like Kylie O'Miller, Kyle Harrison, and the 2022 PLL MVP, Trevor Baptiste. Download Five Star Highlights to earn yours. Halloween week edition of the Quintessential Lacrosse podcast. I'm on the road at Bowling Green. We welcome in Loyola head coach Charlie Toomey, fresh off a, a fall scrimmage uh, that benefited Harlem Lax against Syracuse High Point and Villanova. Coach Toomey, welcome as uh, we turn the page towards November. How you doing? I'm great, Quint. How you doing? Yeah, it was a good weekend and uh, it was, you know, weather's, weather's terrific right now, uh, but you know, even that weekend, having uh, those teams up here, we had a great attendance. And, um, you know, again, to, to benefit Harlem, uh, that was that was a real good ending for, for for fall ball for all four programs. Yeah, before I ask you about that, uh, turning the page forward, like you got 60 days now, November and December, where training is super important, but the kids have academics. Like, how, how do you manage the next 60 days before uh, your report day in January? Yeah, you know, you, you, you're talking awful lot about balance. There are guys that, um, you know, have to get stronger in the weight room. So that's a little bit of their priority. There's some guys that got to work on, you know, agility. And so really you're you're talking to each guy, you know, about what the next 60 days mean to them, right? To put them in the best position, um, you know, to come out and compete in January. And um, you're balancing it with with eight hours of work. That's the amount of time as coaches that we get to see them um, so there's going to be a strong, you know, emphasis on strength training and agility. And then really for us, it's, it's about two hours of, of individual time where maybe one day will be some box lacrosse um, and one day will be some individual skill sets. What, what's your report date in January? Uh, we're going to come back. Uh, I, it's, I want to say January 10th or 11th. It's the Tuesday. It's that Tuesday in January. And, Actually, that's a week before classes start, so we'll have a chance to kind of get out on the field and and not necessarily do two-a-days, but maybe have a few longer practices, and fortunately for us, we'll have a bubble that'll go up, so it'll be a little bit of a controlled environment for us, um, but it happens so quickly. I feel like you have five weeks of fall ball before you have a scrimmage, and and the reality is we all treat scrimmages like games. I mean, we we want to win. We want to put our guys out there and, and, you know, while showcase some of the freshmen, you're really trying to put yourself in a competitive, you know, situation. And then you get to the spring and you really feel like you only got three weeks before you get into the real meaningful scrimmages. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's go time come January 10th. Yeah. That that's such a, a, a change from the era that we played in where, if, if you didn't train as hard as you should in November, or December, you had plenty of time to make it up in January, February before, you know, games started late February or early March. That's no longer the case. Uh, so that's why I think these next 60 days are super important. So uh, take me back to the scrimmage. I, I, I had read that you guys were dealing with a lot of injuries. Uh, I took notes on, on some of the scrimmages, but w- what did you see? What did you learn? What did you like? You know, I like the way that the team competed. We're definitely a, a, a lot of new faces, you know, out there. I thought that, um, you know, yes, we were injured, but we're starting to get guys back. I mean, the, two of the guys that were not out there are kind of knowns for us in Peyton Rosanka and Cam Wires. We we know what they're going to bring to the table. So it gave us a, an opportunity to develop some depth um, and watch a newcomer in Cole Erickson from Army uh, at the short stick position. 
uh, gave us a chance to play and Alex Bean and uh, Joe Houlihan, um, you know, down low and, and see what they could bring to the table with Josh Ferry. Uh, and so, you know, for us, really a lot of our, our, our offense, uh, especially in the midfield are returning guys, um, not having Aiden and not having uh, Kevin Lindley uh, down at attack. You know, we had some new faces down there, but um, you know, we were real impressed. We, we thought our compete level was where we would like to see it. Um, I would tell you losing uh, Bailey Savio and having two young guys taking a lot of the reps for us at the X uh, coach Vagness is, is working awful hard to kind of continue to develop those guys. And, you know, that was one situation where we had a small eye on it the whole game. Um, and again, with Eric coming back off of, uh, off of an injury, Eric Pacheco, um, we felt like, okay, we got to manage some of his reps. And so because of injuries, we were managing time of a lot of guys, but again, for me, the compete factor was the big thing. And, um, you know, after the way that Syracuse last spring kind of handled us in a scrimmage, I was really happy to see us just kind of bull our necks and, and continue to play throughout the day and get better um, and have some success in the goal, um, you know, where we evenly played uh, three goaltenders. Um, I thought that it was a real, it was a real, you know, I guess shot in the arm for the team to see some of those saves that we were making and, and, you know, as you know, playing defense one time is is a big thing here. So, yeah, I've always thought that midfield was a, a big barometer for Loyola's success. Uh, I, I liked what I saw last summer. I don't have my pronunciation guide, but uh, Poitras, uh, your lefty last year, Adam, I thought had a really strong year. And then I liked what I saw for him from Team Canada uh, in, in in the World Championships over over an island. You add him to Evan James and Seth Higgins, and that's a pretty darn strong group. Yeah, you know, we come in on Monday and after watching some film and Coach Van Arsdale says, you know, you realize after the first quarter when the guys settled down, every time that those three guys were on the field as 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 a unit, um, and I think they scored five out of their last six times they were on the goal on the on the field. And so that's a that's a that's a confident group of young guys that are veteran. Um, and you're right. I mean, I think that playing over uh you know, with the with the U twenty one team for for Adam, really just kind of gave him another another confidence level that uh, that we're going to need. And um, you know, the good news for for us with all of those guys is that you know with COVID they they still have a whole another year. You know, and you, you combine them with a a Kamish um, who's getting stronger and healthier uh, by the day. Uh, we feel like we can throw out you know a good core group of guys you know offensively. Fed up with the same old generic lacrosse clothing? Check out Hobo Lights, the new up-and-coming lacrosse streetwear company making even the dustiest of players look drippier than a chocolate sundae. Visit www.hobolax.com and use code QUINT to get 50% off your first purchase. That's hobolax, H-O-B-O-L-A-X.com and the code QUINT, Q-U-I-N-T, all caps, for 15% off your first purchase. Yeah, Adam's really, really dangerous from that wing. He can get underneath. He can curl top side left-handed. Uh, he, he's tough to stop. Uh, I would I'd be putting a pole on him uh, right off the bus. Uh, you got some new faces at attack. Uh, you lose Lindley. You lose Aiden Olmstead. Matt Minicus, uh, highly rated freshman, comes in. 
looked like he played on the left wing. What can you tell us about Matt? Matt's a, a super quick, um, you know, slash type attackman who um, is fearless for, for the size that he is. He's willing to take it into small spots and, and kind of dive upfield to kind of create angle. Um, he's just, what you notice about him is his toughness. Um, you know, he, he, he'll take on a challenge and a lot of times the defenders are going to be bigger than him. Um, he's good with the ball in his stick. He doesn't make, um, you know, home run passes. Um, he, he plays really well with Davis Lindsay, um, where I think they complement each other, um, you know, as a righty and a lefty, they're very similar. I think that, uh, you know, um, probably Matthew is a little more, um, you know, reserved in his decision-making, but we're seeing it come on at a, at a daily, you know, basis. So he's really challenging to, uh, to become a starter down there for sure. So Davis Lindsay and Joey Kamish. Kamish has been in, in, in the mix for a while. His brother uh, playing at Rutgers. What are your expectations for Joey? High expectations. Um, as he kind of is, is back to full strength, we believe, um, he's got a little bit more of an explosive step. Um, he's one of our guys that can shoot the ball with velocity. Uh, so we kind of need that that on the field. Um, but, you know, as he uh, as he gets healthier and can kind of plant and have plant with confidence and, and, and show us that explosive move that he had in his freshman year, um, and we're starting to see it, you know, and, and I would not end it there with those guys. I mean, we've you know, certainly uh, a Luke Murphy walking away from that scrimmage was a guy that really, really impressed us. So did uh, Will McCullough and so did uh, Henry Haberman. I mean, uh, we kind of look at the uh, the group of, of attackmen that are down there and, and realize that, you know, we've got kids that can score um, and we're not going to be treetoppers, you know, out there. But I love the way they play the game. I love the way that they get the spots on the field and and do it with confidence. Coach Charlie Toomey of Loyola joining us uh, this early November edition. I'm working on Wednesday night in Ohio, uh, and then Saturday I'm at Texas A&M. I got to tell you, Coach, two weeks ago I was down in Dallas covering SMU against Cincinnati, and we had meetings Friday morning. I had meetings Friday night. I had the afternoon free. It was a beautiful sunny day. I text your old boy, Jake Stover, and we organized uh, early in the week. We organized a little shoot around with two goalies down there. One, I think it's one of the goalies, I think is heading towards Loyola. Uh, and we shot around and did drills for an hour and 15, an hour and a half. It was super hot, super sunny at uh, Highland Park Middle School. It was awesome. Uh, for me, it was great because, you know, it's like the circle of life. Things come full circle because having worked with Jake when he was that age, middle school and high school, and now seeing him work with two goalies in the Dallas area, uh, it was awesome. The kids were really talented. Their work ethic was off the charts. Uh, no nonsense, man. They just got to work, and and it was a it was a super day. But it was it was really cool to see Jake taking that next step now and kind of passing it along. You know, it was kind of a no brainer for us on on that young man because uh, he was going to be working with Stover every day. And oh, by the way, the other assistant coach is Ryan Brown. So, you know, when you got a guy that can shoot at that level and certainly uh, uh, work with a guy like Stove, um, you know, it's uh, it's kind of, like I said, it's a no brainer for us. I don't know how much I'm going to be able to, to coach him to that next level. I, I, as you know, I'll, I'll have an eye on him every day in practice and, and, and work, but uh, you know, that, that whole Dallas area uh, we've been so impressed with kids coming out of there. Um, you know, they're hungry. 
Uh, and you got a guy like coach Pressler down there, you know, at that level coaching and, um, you know, and, and, and it's just good things are happening all over the country. For the first time we had a, a young man um, commit from uh, Wisconsin, you know, and so it's, it, you just, you have to be everywhere now, you know, these kids are playing and they're playing at such a high level. They're getting coached as these, uh, as these graduates are moving to new areas for business opportunities and, um, you know, it's, it's awesome to see. And, and, and your expertise in, in goaltending is, is really unparalleled, uh, what you've done over your career at Loyola. Uh, you've always been high on Luke Stout. Uh, he's a junior, good size kid, uh, 6'2", 205. Uh, again, you seem to be leaning towards getting the bigger goalies. Uh, tell us about Luke and, and his progression. You know, we, we just came off of our, uh, our retreat that we go on annually as a team and, and Luke presented to the team and talked about his recruiting experience between Loyola and Syracuse and, you know, kind of being a West Jenny guy, ha having had the opportunity to, to kind of be in Syracuse's back, back door. And that was a dream for him. And, you know, kind of when things didn't go that direction, he came down to Loyola and, and really just kind of fell in love, had to, had to, had to kind of transition from a bigger school to, to looking at a place like a Loyola where, you know, lacrosse, is is a big time sport here right like and and so um he he really he's a he's a student of the game um and what he's got to figure out now is just kind of how to lead a defense you know at the at, at our level um i think he's got all the tangibles to be a great stopper um he's not he's not rattled easily um he's got great fundamentals and as you know, when you start coaching goaltenders and start peeling back the onions, you're looking for just little things like footwork and, you know, just stance. And just for us at this level, it's about catching the ball, just catching the ball, having soft hands and corralling the ball with every save. And, and those are the little, you know, the small things that we're really trying to focus on right now as he's poised to, to compete for the starting job for us. I want to talk about some defensive personnel. You mentioned Peyton Rosanka didn't play. Uh, do you do you view him? Many do as as a future pro. Yeah, I do. Uh, and the reason I say that is is he's in the uh, world team tryouts right now, and so he's doing it with elite short sticks. Um, and whether or not it's a blue white scrimmage, uh, a couple of weeks ago over at uh, at Sparks at US headquarters. Those guys are coming up to me going, coach, that that kid's a beast. You know, that kid is really, really good. He's going to be talented for us. So we knew we knew what we had at the collegiate level, but to see him doing it out there, you know, against the best of the best, in my opinion, um, it's just a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, for him, uh, you know, having a semester away from Loyola, um, you know, it will be a little bit of a challenge because he's coming back in. He's got to meet a whole group of freshmen. Um, but I think, you know, Everybody knows what he's going to bring to the table for us, whether or not it's, um, you know, in our own locker room or in the league for sure. Um, you know, he's going to be a good one. I want to mention some guys defensively. Josh Ferry, I believe he played for Canada this summer, didn't he? A little dual role. Um, he did. Played some close, played some pole. He did. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And again, getting that experience for him, um, we, we just kind of see it, you know, through the fall. Um, he's opening his mouth more. He's playing with a little bit more confidence. He's always, he's probably our outside of cam. He's our best clearing, uh, long pole. Um, he just has a knack for getting the ball up off the ground and, and whether or not he's down low, he'll, he'll kind of push it over and, and make that tough play. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The the confidence of of being in those games has really helped him. Cam Wires is a known quantity. You got Matthews, Joe Hulhan got some reps, Alex Bean, uh, and Scott Middleton. Uh seems like you, you got some some depth defensively, knock on wood. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's you know, we we had a young guy, uh uh Matty Dixon, you know, Mark Dixon's son, kind yeah. of step in front of a shot and take one right in the jaw and you know he, he kind of snaps his jaw in two so it just takes you back to that moment as a close defenseman you're always in front of the cage and and where you seem healthy now you know it can be one shot away from you know next man up and and so with cam being out this fall it's we've developed some guys he's he's looking great right now um you know in the rehab but and and we fully expect that he'll be 100% by uh you know by uh by January um, and for him, not having had the opportunity to go to Canada, I think they're telling him, hey, this this spring season's really, really important for you, you know, in terms of making the U.S. or the, the Canadian national team. So I think he's got another he's got another thing to play for there, too. You know, he's 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 working hard for us. He's also working hard to kind of showcase what he can do to to those coaches. I had John Gordon, the author and speaker on this podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he, you know, it was a wonderful talk about team building being a positive coach or positive player and then how, how to play free. What are some of the, the foundations in terms of culture that, that you're laying down with this team right now? You know, one of the things that we've been doing is, uh, as I said, we go on a retreat. We're, we're, we're fortunate to leave lacrosse behind and, and go out to a retreat center that Loyola owns and, and really just kind of get to know the guys. I, I say it all the time in the recruiting process. When a young man comes into my office, usually there's an agenda, right? On my end or his end, you know, I want to play more. What can I do? Um, you know, what, what, what are you seeing coach? Right. And, and it, it's that player coach relationship, but when you kind of go away, you leave the locker room behind and lacrosse behind and you're talking about your family and you're talking about life and um, you know, it's, you see them on a different level. And so that's what I'm trying to do right now is just make sure that the guys are not only connecting with the coaches, but they're connecting with each other outside of lacrosse. Um, and you and I both know the best man in your wedding is sitting next to you in that locker. And, and so, you know, it's really, those are the conversations that I want. I want, I want them to just kind of understand that Loyola is unique in that. I don't want you to be a lacrosse player here. I want you to be a leader on campus. I want you to be more than just that. And, and so that's kind of been our messages to them and, and challenging them, you know, to kind of do things with Harlem lacrosse, right? Like we're going to welcome them back to campus next week uh, and create that mentorship program with them, give back. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a big part of it. I think when you, when you take care of the culture in the locker room, um, the wins are going to come. You know, if guys want to play hard for each other, the freshmen feel like they're part of something bigger than just a team. Um, they, they've got that that fraternity, if you will, of of, of brothers. Um, they're going to compete at a pretty high level. So we're going to lean on Father Brown a little bit here at Loyola to help us with that. Um, and uh, and yeah, just kind of keep keep with that message of just being being the best version of you you can be every day, whether or not it's in the class in a locker room or, or just up on campus socially. Well, uh, competing in the Patriot league again, it's, it's a it's fascinating league to me that the, the travel is, is notable. Uh, these are tough places to play. You go up to Wooster, you got to play Colgate, uh, Lehigh army and Navy are special places. 
And then you got BYU, uh, BU up, up in Boston, uh, won the league. It's a league I think that's going to be pretty strong because I think Navy and Lafayette are on the improve. Apparently Lehigh gave Virginia all they could handle. Uh, Army loses a lot of seniors, but they're still Army. Uh, in, in terms of the, of the Patriot League, what's notable for you uh, entering 2023? You know, I, I, I would agree with you. I think the league is continuing to improve. And, you know, you, when we first came in, we kind of had our small eye on Lehigh. And, and really, um, you know, we haven't won this league in a in, in few years now, um, maybe since Pat Spencer's freshman year, 2019 or 2016. I can't even remember. Maybe it was 2018. But, um, you know, what I would tell you is you're right. I mean, you're getting on a bus, you're getting on a plane, um, and you're going out to play teams that just – it, it, the competition is there. Like they, I think they all enjoy coming to Ridley and play and, and, and it's an exciting place to play. And for us, you know, when you go to army and when you go to Navy, it's, it's pretty exciting to play in those environments and, and our challenges that, you know, you might not be playing in front of 3000 fans like you are at Ridley, but this is a team that, that, that needs this game and has scouted you and is, is going to put their best foot forward. Um, so in that sense, I do think some of those places are tough places to play, but, um, you know, looking at who the, the kids are that are making commitments to those programs, there are talented players, you know, across the board. Um, and I've been so impressed with Lafayette these last couple of years, just watching the rise, you know, that coach Myers has done there. I, I, I think that he's done a heck of a job and, um, you know, it's and we know BU. I mean, BU's got a group of kids that you get the ball in their stick as attack. It's hard to move them off of a line, and they they're fearless. They're going to ride you, um, and you know that's uh, that's going to be a real challenge for everyone in this league is to go up there and get wins. Yeah, no, it's it's a really fascinating league in that you're dealing with some athletes at Army and Navy who are not normal. BU's got their style, uh, the way they slide on defense. Uh, they've developed a, a strong identity. I agree. I saw Lafayette play Virginia last year, the last game of the season. I was impressed. I thought they had three or four guys who could play for any team in the country. Coach is doing a good job there. But I want to segue in your schedule. What can you tell us uh, about your schedule right now? Has it been released? Is you know what, What's the timing of that? And, and who can you uh, admit to uh, playing uh, next spring? Yeah, no, you can take our schedule and flip it. Um, it's not changing. Um, you know, we're going to open with Maryland. Uh, the only change in our schedule is in a – and then hopefully a chance to to kind of get ready for Maryland. We've picked up UNC on a, on a scrimmage. So we'll open up our scrimmages with uh, Richmond in late January, the 28th. Uh, then we'll go down to Carolina on the 4th. And then we'll we'll be ready for uh, hopefully Maryland on the 11th at home. And um, that'll be a, a great opportunity for uh, for fans in Baltimore to see, you know, the returning national champions and certainly us in a great environment. Um, and then uh, a week later will be Johns Hopkins at home. So, um, you know, two in-state rivalries. Uh, and then uh, we'll stay in the Big Ten and go up and play Rutgers, you know, to close out February. So, you know, Carolina, Maryland, Hopkins and Rutgers, um, you know, in, in the month of February uh, should be a, a real telltale sign of where this team should be as we're getting ready for league play. And then we and then we yeah, open up March on a midweek with Towson. I was going to say Towson's still on the schedule. Virginia no longer on the schedule. Right. We basically when um yeah, when when we lost Virginia, we we quickly picked up Maryland with a four-year series. Wow. That's 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 unbelievable. 
And I love those local games. You know, the, the Loyal Hopkins game is a special game. Loyal Towson is a special game. People come out to watch. You get good local coverage. Uh, it, it means a lot in the city. You know, there's a lot of fans who'd like to see a, uh, a bean pot type of situation in Baltimore where, you know, the teams play each other. It's just not formal. You know, there's no trophy given to the Baltimore area or, or the Maryland champion. But theoretically, we, we could because there's such cross pollination, right? Yeah, no doubt. You know, the crab pot tournament or something, crab, I don't know what you call it, but you're right. You, you could absolutely uh, put those teams together and, you know, whether or not it was Maryland or Navy as an outlier, um, throw them in there and have a four, you know, a four game in state series. I think it would be terrific. How do you challenge your staff? You, you, you have an incredible staff, uh, Coach Van Arsdale, Coach Dwan, Stevie Vakeness. It's been you four forever. Uh, you know, the continuity, the relationships, the, the role differential, the role. Like, how do you keep things fresh and, and move things forward with this group? Uh, the one thing that I've always learned is when you've got people, you know, like like you just mentioned, you kind of let them go and do their thing. They challenge themselves, right? Like Steve Vakeness wants to be the best face-off coach out there. I, you know what you're getting with Coach Van Arsdale. Um, he's he's got great connections throughout our sport. He's always looking to improve. And and Matty Dwan not only is a great developer of of young men defensively, but in my opinion, probably the best box coach probably to ever to ever be part of the game. And um, and so, yeah, we meet as a staff every day and we kind of still watch film from last year. And, you know, Coach Van is is a real film geek um, in terms of, uh, you know, watching every rep from the practice the day before and then kind of breaking it up for us so that the team can kind of, you know, go into the film room and learn from it. But um, it's just it's it's who you choose to surround yourself with. You you spend more time with your coaches than you do your own family. Right. So you better you better get along and you better just, you know, I guess bring your strengths to the game when, when you're there. And I'm blessed. I really am blessed to have these guys alongside me for this journey. November is uh, becoming a, a stronger, seems like there's more recruiting events in November now than, than ever before. Uh, I played high school soccer and football, so I was kind of off limits. Uh, it's, I, and I struggle with it coach. And, and you, you tell me like you love multi-sport athletes and then you're at lacrosse events. Like how, how do you, you know, what, how do you tell a kid who's playing safety and wide receiver for his high school football team that it's okay that he missed a Sunday event or, you know, yeah. uh, dad, I'm going to quit football so I can go play more lacrosse in the fall. Like I'm, I'm not a fan of that at all. No, I don't think any of us are. I mean, we talk out of both sides of our mouth as coaches, right? Like we, we tell them we want two sport athletes. We want the Pat Spencers of the world. And, you know, in my opinion, you know, playing football is one of the toughest things that you can do. You get knocked down, you got to get back up and, you know, toe the line again. And, 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 you know, to, for a young man to come to us in his junior, senior year and say, I'm going to focus on lacrosse now and focus on my strength. Um, there are leadership skills that are being lost in, in, in not playing some of these other sports, right? Like, you know, you got to learn to lead in your junior and senior year in high school but then you got to understand how to follow in your freshman year and sophomore year. And I think that those are just skills that, that are, that are lost when a young man decides not to play another sport. Um, we always would encourage kids to play two sports, but then we're going to be the first ones to get in our car the first month of November or the whole month of November and go watch guys play. And, you know, granted it's now 24s and, and 25s that you're focusing on, 
Um, you know, I I hope that you know guys guys are playing with their high school football teams and their soccer teams, and if it's ice hockey or basketball, that they're doing that. Um, there's enough time in the recruiting process to find them next summer. There is, but again, we've got to do our jobs, and and our jobs entail, you know, unless we know who you are and going to watch a specific football game, we've got to go identify that next group of young men for our programs. And I want to finish with, you know, when you say identify that next group of, of young men, there, there's a there's a fit at Loyola. There, there's a, a, a student athlete that you guys find somehow. Uh, what would you say those qualities are and, and, and how do you best find them? That's a great question, Quint. Um, you know, the one thing uh, you go back to your staff and, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, you, you get film, um, kids email us. We watch all everything that we get. Um, obviously, if it's an offensive player, it's going to, you know, either go to Coach Ban and myself or to myself, and it'll be sent to Coach Ban. Um, I really lean on my staff to kind of say, how does this young man fit into our program, you know, um, as a player? And 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 if it means, you know, taking that next step and responding and getting them here for a prospect day or 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 more importantly, just kind of going out to watch them play, Um you know, that's the first piece, because the second piece is getting them to campus so that they understand the values that I'm going to bring to the table as a head coach and what's important to me. Right. Like there's a there's a there's a why and a how. Um, and I really feel like, you know, the why needs to be slowed down a little bit. Guys should take their visits. They should go to multiple schools. They should see a big school, a smaller school, a, a faith based school, you name it um, and figure out what the right fit is because my opening line with every young recruit is if you're happy academically and you're happy socially, you'll run through a wall for your coach. And, and that's, and you can't do it the other way. You can't be talked into something. It's not about Ridley. It's not about our locker room. It's about this university. It's about the student body. It's about the teacher experience. It's about all of those things so that you're, you're feeling good about where you are. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, and you guys have done a, a wonderful job, not only at targeting, but developing uh, young men who uh, who have had success on the field and, and then beyond, uh, A, in the community, and then B, professionally. Uh, there, there's no doubt, Charlie. Always great always great to catch up with you, man. Uh, you look good. <laughs> you do too, Quint. I'm hoping I can get you back out of here in January and throw some lacrosse balls at some goaltenders. I'd love to. I learned so much in that session we had last year. Some of those drills, you know, I used to think that all goalie drills were goofy until until you you revealed a couple, three or four that I thought were fantastic, especially that one with the with the the, the pink, the soft balls where, where, where we get the step in and, and blocking it with your leg. I really found that that really uh, activated all parts of my body to make saves instead of just eyes in the top hand. And I think we grew up in a generation where it was, you know, get that top hand of the ball. Now the shooters are better. The guys are right on top of you. If you, if there's no way you're going to get your stick to that offside low save from six yards. So yeah. to activate the feet, I thought was, was really a, a revelation for me. Well, just watching you coach, you still got it, my man. And you could, you could easily jump in that cage and, and continue to make a lot more saves than I ever made in my career. But uh, you know, listening to you coach with those young guys, it was, we'd be fortunate to have you back, my man. Well, it was fun. Hopefully when I retire, there'll, there'll be a spot somewhere on some sideline. There you go. 